Welcome to A Reason for Hope. My name is Adrian. I am co-hosting today, and uh, we have quite a show for you today. Uh, this is a weekday Bible, live Bible answer program that uh, we live stream to multiple platforms. You can follow us along on Facebook. Uh, go to our Facebook page, which is <clears throat> at CCF Tucson, and uh, or you can just do a search, Calvary Christian Fellowship of Tucson. We're live streaming this from our church here in Tucson, Arizona. Uh, we also live, tr- live stream to our YouTube channel, A Reason for Hope. And if you do follow us on social media, please uh, subscribe and hit that notification bell. Share, comment, ask questions. Uh, our Reason for Hope YouTube channel handle is A Reason for Hope 546. And uh, in studio today is Pastor Scott Richards, the senior pastor of our church here at Calvary Christian Fellowship of Tucson. And you can follow him on Twitter. His Twitter handle is at Scott R4H. You can also ask questions that you'd like to have addressed here on the program. Just tweet them to uh, Pastor Scott and we can address them here. Or you can just kind of follow along with him as he <clears throat> does a really great job at you know political commentary, culture, Bible, all kinds of fun stuff. We also have a um, website you can go to. That's calvarychristianfellowship.com. And if you go to the Watch Live tab and want to watch our services or this program, you can do so without having to go to a social media platform. There's a place where you can make prayer requests, you can ask questions, you can engage with us in real time. We also have an app that you can download from the iTunes or Google Play Store where you can, again, join uh, chat groups, ask for prayer, follow along on all current events that's going on, as well as watch all our services and events live-streamed. We also have our events live stream to Roku and all Fire Amazon products. So feel free to look at those channels as well. And if you want to have a question that uh, is addressed on the program, but you kind of want to do it a little bit more anonymously, you can email us at questionsforhope at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And so if you have a question that you want asked, let's say pertaining to the Christian worldview, or you want to know how to apply a specific passage of scripture <clears throat> to your life, Please uh, write us, tune in, engage with us. We'd love to try to tackle your question here on the program. We have a special guest with us today, and I'll go ahead and hand it over to Pastor Scott Richards here to introduce our guest. Well, I am really blessed, <laughs> I'll tell you, uh, beyond uh, uh, the, the usual cliché use of the term, yeah. uh, to have uh, in, uh, in studio with us uh, Leon Patillo. The, the reason I'm so blessed uh, mm-hmm. is this, Leon, uh, back in the day uh-huh. uh, when I was going to seminary and working uh, three jobs and eating a lot of top ramen and, and trying to make <laughs> ends meet, I, I worked uh, in Christian radio in Southern California. Oh. I, we used to do an outreach program called Sunrise on a Saturday Night. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was sort of a pioneering program on mm-hmm. Salem Broadcasting because they didn't really have a lot of contemporary Christian music on there. Yeah. But uh, somehow I won favor with the uh, the management there, and they pretty much allowed me to play whatever I wanted to play. The the mm. the, the playlist Dangerous. was, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, how shall I say, uh, anything that wasn't Fanny Crosby was considered uh, new age. So, uh, so you know, uh, you know, I got familiar with contemporary Christian music. I, I got saved out of a non-Christian background, and then discovering there were actually people out there wow. that were doing uh, contemporary Christian music, music yeah. that I could relate to, music yes, that was yes, high yes. quality. It mm-hmm. blew my mind. And one of the artists that was mm-hmm. featured on those days of sunrise on a Saturday night, as we called it, mm-hmm. was Leon Patillo. Wow. Uh, wow. You know, That's great. Uh, I, I used Scott. to uh, train 
yeah. uh, for marathons and stuff, uh, listening to some of your cuts like John three seventeen. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. Cornerstone and oh, yeah, just, it yes. kept me moving, man. Uh, <laughs> so, but I uh, knew you were out there yeah, somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Leon Patillo, uh, for those of you uh, not familiar with him and his background, there's uh, the word gets thrown around <clears throat> a lot, but uh, he truly is. A legend as far as uh, the the promotion and the growth and the move of God in contemporary Christian music. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's uh, really got a, a fascinating life story. We're going to explore that in some detail. But uh, one of the lines mm-hmm. you use in your biography, Leon, mm-hmm. is you went from uh, Santana to Hosanna. Yeah. So yeah. we're going to explore all of that. <laughs> and if you're out there, and uh, again, we want to emphasize this to you. you got some mm-hmm. questions for Leon. Uh, this is interactive uh, media here. We would encourage you to send those questions along to us. And uh, Leon, I'm sure, will be happy to tackle those questions as yeah. uh, they came on in. Leon, it's Thank just you. a blessing Thank for you, you to brother. be here. What, yes. what brings you to Tucson in the first place? Well, actually, we're doing a little concert tomorrow. It's not really a concert. It's uh, We came in November, and we went to a friend of mine's house, and she just invited about 30 people over and said, Leon's going to be here, and she had a little piano in the corner. So I said, well, okay, well, I'll just sing a few songs. And come to find most of those people weren't Christians. And so I told him, I said, well, next time I come back, I want you to bring a friend, and we're going to go to a different venue. And so that's what we're going to do tomorrow. We're going to have – we had – 20, 30 people there, so maybe we're hoping for 60 oh, wow. <laughs> tomorrow. Oh, fantastic. So, uh, yeah, and it's, it's mostly a non-saved kind of situation that we're going into. I think um, the Santana, the Hosanna, we, we, we've been talking about that for a while, and we've been doing it in the church, but it would be good for us to take it to venues outside yeah. and let people kind of bring their friends, and well, then we yeah. do some Santana stuff up front and then transition them into yep. the other life. So. Fantastic, <clears throat> fantastic. Well, uh, in moving in the opposite direction, yeah. uh, we're really blessed. Our wives connected on yeah, Facebook. Yeah, man, they've been this just is, going this at is it, just, man. This is such, yeah, this is such a uh, God thing because <laughs> yeah. somehow Pam and your wife, Renee, yeah. became Facebook friends. Yes, and yes. Renee happened to mention that you're going to be here in Tucson, and yeah. Pam said, well, you know, if you're going to be here, uh, yeah. Would you consider coming by the church? So on Sunday yes. morning, uh, our nine o'clock service, Leon is going to be uh, doing a concert and a little uh, testimony that's and, gonna be oh, fun. and sharing the word. Yeah, that's and, gonna be uh, fun. Really, really excited about that. Like, yeah. like I was sharing with our assistant pastor Bo Willett, I kind of feel a little bit like a fanboy here, but I'm yeah. trying to <laughs> restrain myself. Yeah, so, yeah. I'll keep my so, head. But mm. but mm. Sunday, uh, <laughs> nine o'clock here at Calvary Christian Fellowship, you can come on by mm. and uh, you can meet. Uh, Leon and Renee, and uh, I, I understand uh, you're you may be running a little bit sparse on on CDs and and other things, but yeah. we'll do our best yeah. uh, to at least have a sign up sheet and be able to to get uh, some uh, some good resources into people's hands. That okay, way. that'd be awesome. But uh, that's gonna be nine o'clock on on Saturday. So, yes, thank so you, Leon, uh, you got such <clears throat> a fascinating life story. And it just seems to have the <sighs> fingerprints of God all over it, almost uh, from the get-go. Mm. Uh, you got your start singing in the church, the, the typical, I sang in the church choir thing, yes. right? Yes, I did. But it was a, a person outside the church in a public school that was instrumental in the direction God had for your life, right? Yeah, it was. I just felt like I was stamped from the beginning. Uh, my very first movie that I went to, this is going to sound funny to you. Uh, can I say this on the air? Yeah, I can. Uh, okay, so I was nine years old, 
and the Ten Commandments had just come out. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so that was my very first movie. Can you imagine that? I mean, not some crazy something. I mean, it was really a spiritual movie to start with. Right. Of course, for me, you know, I was I was very secular minded in those days, even though I was going to church. Uh, I had a little girlfriend. And, uh, you know, all I know is that the movie was four hours. <laughs> <laughs> so that was fine for me. And an intermission. <laughs> that was fine. So there you go. Yeah. But, so, but, it, but it was a public school teacher who noticed something in you. Right? Yes. Yes. Actually, when I went to uh, my grammar school, uh, I was about five uh, then. And uh, my teacher would put down a different thing in front of uh, a, a kid each day. Sometimes she'd put down something that something to build with. Somebody would have something to draw with. And then she had this cardboard uh, that had piano keys on it. So she put it down in front of me and she said, okay, let's, let's see what you do with this. And I didn't know what it was. Then she jumped on the piano and started playing. And so I, I just followed what she was doing. So she did a left hand. I said, okay, well, she did a right hand. Oh, okay, that's great. She got up and did a little movement like that. I said, I got up and did a little. <laughs> so I just followed everything that she did. And so she left the class, Pastor Scott. I was like, where'd she go? So next thing I know, when I get home, my mom says, well, you know, you, your teacher called today. Oh, man. That's that was never, never good. good news <laughs> in my life. <laughs> That's not good news. And so I'm kind of ducking back, you know, a little bit. And then she says, well, your teacher says you have talent. I didn't even know what that was either. But anyway, next thing I know, they had a piano uh, that she rented and she pushed it up against the bay window. And uh, this is in San Francisco, out in the Lakeview area. And it, the window was kind of shaped, uh, arched like that. And my friends were outside playing football. That was the only thing that messed me up. Because I'm going, do, 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 do. And I'm watching this ball going past the window. And I would rather have been out with those guys. But, you know, after three or four months, they'd come in the house and I could play something. And they all knew, okay, this is something different. Wow. Uh, we don't know anybody that does this. So, anyway, that was my start with, with music. Yeah. And, and so, yeah. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned that you went from Santana to Hosanna. Yeah. But... <laughs> In the first place, it was the reverse. You went from the youth choir and the kid raised in the church right. to uh, a band called Leon's Creation. How did yeah, that oh, you know about that. Oh, boy, you've been reading my bio. <laughs> <laughs> I warned you. I That's used to work terrible. in news. Yeah. I've looked into you. Oh, I've, I've done some research. I'm, you're clearing some cobwebs. And <laughs> yeah, well, actually, the, the Creation Group, was. we did a lot of things in the Bay Area. Um, but we wanted to do, hit the big time. And so uh, we all went down to L.A., rented one house, and we all lived in that house. So we got managed by a guy who had Rare Earth and uh, uh, Martha Reeves and Leo Sayre and a few people like that that he was managing. And so he just took us on. And so we'd go and do concerts. We'd be the opening act for these groups. And then, I don't know how it happened, but Carlos Santana called and uh, asked, you know, if I could come up and do an album. Now, when him. he called, did, did you think someone was pulling your leg? I really did. <laughs> or, yeah. I thought, yeah, but they, now it's called punking me. But back, yeah, in, the, back yeah, in the day, it was, yeah. you know, but I just didn't know what that was. Uh, I thought, really, my manager was playing a joke. But anyway, I, I drove from Los Angeles all the way back up to the Bay Area, where I was born and raised, and went over to Mill Valley. Now, if you guys ever been there, yeah. they were beautiful yeah. area, up in the hills. And Carlos had this beautiful, like, castle-looking house. And I came and I knocked on the door and uh, Debbie, his uh, wife, answered the door. And I said, Debbie, I said, how you doing? And she said, fine. I said, what are you doing? I said, well, I came to see Carlos. And he said, oh, that's great. Now, I'm thinking Debbie is the maid. 
I'm not thinking she's the wife. <laughs> I, you know, I thought that was good. I yeah, said she yeah. made it to be a maid from yeah. Carlos Santana. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. So, but I didn't say it out of my mouth. But then Which Carlos, is good. Yeah, good. I didn't do that. <laughs> and Carlos came up behind me, hugged me like that. Yeah, hey, man. He said, you met my wife? I said, oh, yeah, your wife. <laughs> so anyway, he took me downstairs uh, to the studio, and we started doing all the hits, you know, Ye Como Va, and uh, got to change you evil ways and black magic woman. Yeah. And right from that, he was able to discover that that's who he wanted to have to be the next lead vocalist for the group. Wow. So I ended up uh, being the lead vocalist from that point on. So that was just a most fabulous thing to, to happen. But then um, I was dating this girl in San Francisco and her brother was a Christian. So every time I would come to the house to see her, he would start talking to me about Jesus. Oh, boy. It's like, well, man, look, uh, <laughs> I, I I think I've found my calling in life or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. And uh, so he said, no, man. He said, that's temporal. He said, that'll pass away. Yeah. He said, but I want to give you something that's eternal. Now, in that era, mm. you know, um, you know, again, uh, giving away my uh, card-carrying baby boomer. <laughs> for, for you. I remember those Santana albums oh. uh, when they came out. And, uh, and, and just the spiritual vibe behind it. You're yeah. in a situation mm -hmm. where uh, it does seem like there's a divine appointment happening. Yes. Here. You're interested in this girl, yes. but the, the brother isn't letting up about no. your need for Jesus. Yes, yes. But was there a pull in the opposite direction as a result of being with that? I mean, there was a lot of, and like I said, I'm familiar with Santana's yeah. work. Yeah, A yeah. lot of mysticism, a lot of Eastern mm -hmm. uh, thought there. Uh, yeah. Carlos Santana was really... Uh, involved uh, with uh, Sri Chinmoy. Yeah, and, yeah. and good and, words, man. And, Everything and, came out of the songs were great. Yeah, great words. Yeah. and I mean to even hear someone say you got to change your evil ways. Yeah, I always thought that was a call to repentance. Yeah, right. that's like, <laughs> and it was really strange. This yeah. gonna sound funny. Yeah, I'm telling you all these back stories. But anyway, we had done a couple of the songs, and so we took a break. So he, I was asking him, I said, well, you got all this incense in here. And I, I said, what is the incense all about? And he said, that's like prayer is going up to God. I said, oh, wow. So I went outside and I smoked one because I just figured, you know, maybe I could catch up with this piece he had. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's what. And then I came back in and it really did seem very peaceful or whatever like that. Then the next thing I know, the very next song we did was Gotta Change Your Evil Ways. <laughs> so I said, oh, man. So my high went just like Now, now like did that. You, during that time, did you have a vision, say, of a dear sainted grandma uh, shaking her finger at you? <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, you know, actually, from my childhood, I did have a lot of things going on because mom and dad were both very religious uh, people. And they always had us in either Baptist church, Methodist church, and uh, I even went to a Catholic church for a season. And so I got a lot of that. And then when Pastor Chuck, of course, I'm going speeding ahead, yeah. but then when he ordained me. So I got a lot of that in me from, yeah, from sure. back in the day. So when the guy was giving me this whole thing about getting saved, I just it didn't seem foreign to me, but I just didn't see how I was going to make a commitment. Yeah, that was the hard part. I said, now, because I understand, I can read the scriptures. I understand the scriptures. But you wanted to keep your options open, uh, yes. so to speak. Yes, yeah. I wanted. I, I was thinking, well, maybe swing back around when I get about ninety. Yeah, then we, <laughs> yeah, the old deathbed confession. There yeah. you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I just didn't want to commit because I had heard with a group like that, Santana, you can go 
you'd have a real crazy life as a musician and to have a lot of fun. That's so I thought. Yeah. Uh, didn't know I could have died. But, you know, uh, anyway, but that's how uh, God just, he sustained me. He sustained yeah. me in that moment and just said, okay, well, we're going to get you over to a Bible study. And that's what happened. This uh, Richard was his name. He got me after about nine months time of me keeping coming in and out of the house. He finally get, got me over to a Bible study. And yeah. it's funny because it's on hate street. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. His house yeah. was on the corner of hate and Ashbury. Wow. Can you imagine that? Oh, no, no, I can't. I can't imagine that. That's the weirdest thing. The, only, so, church, the only church I ever saw on uh, Haight Street was the Jimi Hendrix Electrical Church Foundation. <laughs> I visited once as a tourist. <laughs> but, but, we might have been in there because that's where the Bible study was close to that. <laughs> but we came back to his house, which is on that corner. And you can imagine. So the top is down in my little sports car. And uh, so uh, he's wanting to pray with me there in front of his house in the car. And then there's this smoke coming off of the street. Sure. So I'm smelling that, and I'm trying to pray, but I'm smelling this. So I'm really at wow. this point. I'm really having a. But I. But I did hear what they said in the Bible study. It was, it was in my face. But, but what a what a, a incredible picture of the tug of war that was going on for your soul yes. at that moment. Yes, exactly. And this is on Fourth of July. Can you believe it? Wow. I'm born on New Year's. <laughs> so and then I get reborn. Born again. Independence Day. Born again on the 4th of July. Yeah. So yeah. it's just all these little things like that. I mean, go off in my brain like, wow, Lord, you got something special planned. And so I hate to go with those sort of signs. But it's to me, that was really, that was something. Now, when to, you prayed and received Christ there mm, on, on Haight-Ashbury, yes. the, 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 the epicenter of all of that. Yeah. Now, was it more or less kind of a, well, this is a decision I need to make? Or did the Lord really impact you at that point? Some people will say, you know, well, I prayed the prayer and you know, I didn't really feel much. I didn't feel a whole lot different. My life didn't really change all that radically. Did yours? Yeah. Well, I didn't have a radical change, but I actually felt the Holy Spirit when I was sitting in that car. I just didn't, from my religious upbringing, I just didn't think you could pray in a car. <laughs> for yeah, one yeah. you know the, the guys asked me to pray i said we, don't we have to go to the church or something to pray we're not gonna pray here in this car are we? <laughs> and so we actually prayed there in that car and that was i think threw me off because it was something unconventional and uh again i felt like the toyota commercial you know the one where he went oh what a feeling it jumped yeah, yeah. <laughs> i did get that kind of vibe and i went in the house i could tell something was different because i had left smoking i left cussing but when I came back and went into his house after that prayer, I started writing the songs, some of the songs that you just called off. I started writing those songs on the piano. Wow. The piano is out of tune. There's strings missing, all <laughs> kind of stuff. But still, God was able to allow some of his praise to come through right after I got saved. Wow. So I knew then something else was taking over my soul. Yeah. And uh, then, so, of course, I the next couple of days, we are back to rehearsal with Santana. And I couldn't keep my mouth shut. You know how it is when you first get saved, man. Yeah. I had oh, yeah. my sword out. Yeah. I was I was cutting off heads and I had to call Benny Hinn and put them heads back. <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean it was just one of those moments I just felt like evangelizing. Yeah. And so it was just a, a it was just a great beginning, a now, new beginning in now, Christ. Again, uh, just being familiar with uh, Carlos Santana's work uh, with yeah. my older cousins was really a Santana fan. So oh, kind of wow. got us punky little uh cousins of his oh, into wow. it as well so we were really into mm, it for a while and you know, okay. just the whole vibe and all of this before i got saved yeah and yeah. uh and you know santana carlos santana seemed to have this kind of uh 
kind of new age before it was labeled new age sort of mentality. Like, uh, yeah, you know, any kind of spirituality is cool. Yeah. How did he respond to your evangelistic fervor? Was he into it or was it uncomfortable? Well, it's really funny because he and I did the most talking about spiritual things. So I had to learn to kind of back off a little bit, not to be in his face so much and to listen to the hurt of his heart. Mm. That was the part that was the learning experience for me because mm. really the one after I got saved, that's all I wanted to do. Just get people, get people saved, get yeah. people, yeah. Get saved. you know, I wasn't listening to their hurt. And I, I had to really go back to the Lord and said, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm just all, I'm so overwhelmed with the evangelism. Sure. I'm not even hearing the hurt that this guy may be splitting up with his wife, wow. you know, that, that his kids, he and his kids are, you know, estranged. I'm not even listening to that. I'm just so concerned about yeah. the other part. So anyway, I, I really had to sit and listen to Carlos share about his life. And then I tried to write songs around what he was going through. So that made us really have a great bond. So um, did some of those songs uh, get onto the albums? Yeah, but they didn't get popularized like this new one that we did, the Supernatural album. Yeah. That one really got popularized. Yeah. But, but the, the ones before didn't because he was kind of going through this um, spiritual time in his life, and I think it just didn't catch right. the nation at that time. Right. And uh, so, but we wrote a lot of songs uh, together, and we had one song called You Are My River, and uh, again, I had to, I wanted to say, Jesus, you are my river, but I couldn't say, Jesus, you are my river. So yeah. I tried to kind of compromise with him and say, you yeah. are my river. I mean, I would have my focus on high, yeah. but for him, it just kind of helped to make a bridge yeah. in our writing. Yeah, and after, after yeah. I got saved, uh, some of the music like you did, like One With The Sun. Yeah, One I, With I The just Sun. Thought, no, that's that right. isn't S-U-N, that's S-O-N. That's S-O-N, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. And so we got a yeah. lot of yeah. uh, real good vibes from doing that, but it was just a point where I just knew that that, was, uh, that season had gone by and there was something else that God had okay, in store. Okay, so what, but, what period of time are we talking <clears throat> about? You get saved, you're okay. sharing, and then so I, in your bio, you say, and this is a, this is a quote here, uh, after some intense conversations with Maurice White, Philip Bailey, and some others, yeah, um, it inspired you to leave the band. Yeah. What were those intense conversations like? Okay, so, you know. Not to put you on the spot, but no. I know it so well. <laughs> well, I'll give you a little backdrop. Yeah. So when, when we're flying over to Europe together, uh, Santana and Earth, Wind, and Fire, um, there's no one talking. It's Earth, Wind, and Fire is on one side of the plane, Santana's on the other. And I think we each thought we were better than the other or whatever like that. Musicians get weird like that sometimes. But I had so just got- pastors, but, pastors, but we both know that's true. So, <laughs> yeah. so yeah. I, I had just got saved. So I said, well, this is not right. I said, somebody should go and welcome them. They're our opening group. Somebody should go and just say hi. So Philip was sitting on the corner, Larry Dunn and Andrew Woolfolk, the one that just passed away a couple mm. of months ago, saxophone player. And so I just went over and said, uh, how you guys doing? I'm Leon. And I had my Bible under my arm. And so Philip said, well, what is that? I said, it's my Bible. He said, you know anything about that book? I said, well, a little bit. And so he said, why don't you teach us oh, after the concerts? Wow. So I'm like, my eyes go, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that much about this book that I could be teaching. But I knew from Pastor Chuck that, you know, I should just do line by line. I take the book of John and it's a Google line by line as far as we can go through for the six week tour. Right. And so every night I would, uh, I would teach him out of Bible. So during the day I would read through, 
I didn't really know much about commentaries and uh, yeah, com- sure. you know, I didn't know anything about that in those days. But I just, I just said, Holy Spirit, just give me some insight into these verses. And so I would go back and just tell them what I felt was coming off of my heart concerning these scriptures. And by the time we got through, Philip. Andrew and Larry both got saved. So wow. So we got we next and, thing. And Philip Bailey ended up having a, a few Christian albums. Yes, that came he had out to come. Well. I introduced him to yeah. guys that worked. So then we then it was his idea. Why don't we go get everybody else? It was his idea. He said, "Why don't we do something up on the Sunset Strip, and then we just invite all of our friends?" And I said, "Oh, okay, that's <laughs> great." So we did. We had it was a place called the Roxy, and yeah. so we had something called Jesus at the Roxy. Oh my God! And we invited everybody: Donna Summer, Marilyn McCoo, uh, uh, you know, Smokey Robinson, all these people that folks that we knew, and they all lined up to come in. We were only supposed to do one show Friday night at eight, but after we got through, there were so many people in line. We ended up having to do a ten o'clock show, and the the owner of the club said, "Well, you don't want to have anything set tomorrow. Why don't you guys come to do another show tomorrow?" Yeah. <laughs> So we did an 8 o'clock show on Saturday, and still there was a line, so we ended up doing another 10 o'clock show on that Saturday night. And to us, I mean, you know, like Greg, Laurie, and, you know, both different ones, and right. uh, Frisbee and all those, you, you guys kind of went in the tents and went that direction. Mine went into clubs, and mine went toward the musicians. That's just That was how God called me to it very early on. I'm not really knowing that much about the Bible, but all I know get people saved yeah. <laughs> so yeah so that but, but that was philip's idea for us to go and do that and so that's when i knew there was something going on outside that maybe i needed to get away from just the musicians and maybe there's a bigger call a deeper call that the lord had for me planet wise so yeah. and, and so you make this transition from the secular realm Mm-hmm. And your first step into the Christian realm was with Maranatha Music, was it not? Yes, it was. The, 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 the musical arm of Calvary man. Chapel, Costa Mesa. Pastor yeah. Chuck, yeah. man, he just, I don't know, he really bent over to let me have my way, in a sense. Because when, I, when we first met, um, the Neelys in Sacramento. Yeah, Lewis and Mary yeah, Neely. Yeah, had hooked us up. Yeah, yeah and yeah. said, you know, let Leon come up and sing. So Pastor <laughs> oh, Chuck I went up. did. He went out in the hall. <laughs> you, you sat out, yeah. you know, in the Costa Mesa Hall. Leon, sing me something. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so I sang him one of my songs. He said, okay, we have these things. that I don't know if it's Saturday night or Thursday night. I can't remember now. But we used to have these things we do during the week. And he'd have everybody come and play. And so he'd have me come. And so I did my first a concert there and then his nephew Chuck Fromm actually said well I'm, I'm handling everything for the music side he said how would you like to be a part of the Maranatha label and wow. do an album for, for Maranatha so I, I started writing songs and I had songs in my heart but I didn't know how they were going to uh, be you know just well, I was with Columbia, so I knew they wouldn't do it. Yeah, <laughs> they they weren't up to speed with, with Christian stuff in those days. So, but Maranatha didn't quite have the distribution that they wanted either. Right. So they thought maybe by having me on the label, it would open up something secular that somebody, Columbia or Warner Brothers, or somebody could have an, an opportunity to send music out that way as well. And you were on a number so, of uh, the Maranatha albums. But you yeah. also had your uh, your solo album, Dance Children Dance. Now that one. Yeah. Now that's that that's already that was radical, radical, radical in those days. Yeah. But can yeah. you imagine yeah. me oh, asking Pastor Chuck? Absolutely. Chuck, can I do an album called Dance Children Dance? Yeah. 
He looked at me. <laughs> you know how he has that look. You know, he had that look. And I, I told him, I said, but Pastor, there's a whole nother group of people over here that like a little bit more excitable type music mm -hmm. like that. I said, I know we got the Amazing Grace group. Yeah. I said, but then we got this other side over here that likes a little bit more excitable type music. And and, and uh, so he, he thought about it. And I think after a couple of days, he called back and said, you know what? Okay, I'm going to let you do that. Yeah. So title of your album, Dance, Jonah, Dance, No Problem. Yeah, well, it's that, that same philosophy. And I'm going to ask you about this in a minute, so start thinking about it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the Jesus Revolution movie, uh, obviously, oh. on, on how God did this amazing work through these unlikely people. Mm. You know, that flexibility that Chuck had. Yes. You know, he just wanted people to be reached. Yes, he did. And, uh, if, and you know, we both know Pastor Chuck. Mm -hmm. He's pro He was probably, I would say, uh, politically and uh, socially, maybe just a smidge to the right of John Wayne. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, in, in his normal default position. That's true. But for God to use a guy like this with his background, yeah. first of all, to love yeah. on hippies, yes. and then to promote the idea of, the idea of Christian rock. Yes. And then when you come along, it's oh. like Christian funk and R and B. Yes, yes, and, and nobody's exactly. really doing that. Maybe no. Andre Crouch, but no, no. But, yeah. And Andre was very gospel. Yeah, with his. Yeah. So this one was really a different sort of yeah. uh, genre for him to investigate. And uh, so, but what I did, we'd have every three months, we'd have these kind of musician gatherings. And so I would, I'd bring Philip Bailey down. I'd bring all my crew down to just be a part of this teaching yeah. because it was just so good for us. And so he came up with this thing for us musicians. And he said, I'm going to send you through a two-year program, an ordination program. And he oh. said, I'll ordain you. And so uh, Philip didn't go all the way through it, but I just, I couldn't help it, man. I said, I, if I'm going to do this, I want to do this right. So I went through the whole program, and then we got a chance to go to Israel. Yeah. And oh, uh, that's, so that's where after I got through and he certified me, that was my first stop was, was Israel. So uh, Pastor Chuck was just something else, man. He was just a, okay, a visionary, well, well, and I loved so, him. So let's talk about that for, yeah. for just a moment. I'd really like to get your take on all of this because <clears throat> you were there in the 70s at, at yes. Calvary Costa Mesa. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, my wife Pam was part of the tent days and all of this stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, I oh, got there in 91, so it was you know, a little bit late. I mean, okay. I got saved during the Jesus movement, long and winding road. Yeah, but, yeah. But uh, you were there in the 70s. Right? Yes, okay. yes. You, you see this movie, uh, Jesus Revolution. Yes. How did that hit you? What was the thing that really impacted? Did did it make an impact on you? Did you feel like they did a fair shake yeah, about they that did. ministry? I was really impressed that they chose the guy that did the, the chosen. That's the the movie, right? Right, right. What a great casting that was! Because immediately there's no wishy washy with who's the Jesus guy, right? From Lottie Frisbee showed up, it was authentic. And I've I've seen a lot of uh, commentators, a lot of people writing about you know the the movie, and they said it's really they'd expected it to be a more preachy. And they said it wasn't as preachy right. as they thought it was going to be. Right. It had some real stories interwoven. Yeah. You know, even with, with Greg and his wife. Yeah. I mean, it was just it so there was some good things about it. So I, I thought that was a great prototype of what maybe we're praying for for this era, 
mm-hmm. for 2023. There's yeah. something God wants to do in this era. I really believe it yeah. because we as hippies back in those days, we were lost, man. We didn't have nothing. It was all over the country. Yeah. We had nothing to really, we were trying to make something out of love. We was trying to make something out of the drugs. We was trying to make something out of everything. We couldn't find anything to, everything was a greasy banana. We just kept, <laughs> right? It was one of those. And so this, when Jesus came along, it was something solid yeah. that we could hold on to. It was not only just horizontal, we started having vertical yeah. uh, a life. You know, we got we all did LSD. So we had a little bit of <laughs> yeah. a little bit of a vertical. But you know, this was a real deal. Well, that's know, what Timothy Leary promised. You'll yes. find God through LSD. Yes, he sure did. Yeah. Sure yeah. Did. Your your friend and mine, Odin Fong. Yeah. Very oh, close with him. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. He used to, he told me uh, his testimony, which is wild. Yeah, uh, yeah. About how God got a hold of him in the midst of all of that. But Yes, but, yes. But like you say, uh, the, 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 the vibe, if you will. Yeah, that is portrayed yeah. in that movie. You, you yeah, feel like that, that was authentic. You yes, feel like it, it captured the, the spirit yes. of the age, like the guy that yeah. got me saved. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if where he was coming out of, but he was really on fire for Christ right there in Hayden Ashbury. Yeah, so it, I just felt like you know that was something authentic for us to grab onto. So this generation, we don't really have like a hippies movement thing going on. There's a there's a now now we have to kind of go almost. Uh, like you're doing here. This is how we've got to reach this generation because we, we deal with a lot of kids ever right. since the 80s. We've been working with foster kids and such. And so now we have a group of kids that we're dealing with bullying and that and you know, committing suicide and all this craziness. And it, even during the time of the pandemic, the suicide rate went up 22%. Yeah. They're not even in school to get bullied. So obviously it's social media. Right. So I think what you're doing and what you guys are doing, you're on to something now. For this era, it's going to take a different sort of move. It's not going to be the tent yeah. anymore. This is this is our new tent. Yeah. This well, is the tent now. Well, we're... I think you're absolutely right on in all of that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the most, for lack of a $5 word, uh, insidious thing yeah. uh, about the, the, the challenge that uh, this upcoming generation is facing is you and I face a bully at school. Yeah. You have to deal with them for six hours. Yeah. Uh, the bullies you run into online, they're with you 24-7. Yes. You yes. can't get away from them. Yes. And I think that's what's beating down the hearts and spirits of some of these people. And if you don't yeah. have Jesus, yeah. you know, someone yeah. solid, like you said, mm-hmm. man, you talk about the greasy banana. Of, yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. And popularities and, mm-hmm. you know, my TikTok video and things like this. Yeah. Man, yeah. The, the things that people will say under the anonymity yes. of the internet to one another, mm-hmm. you know. If anybody still believes man's basically good, it should die right there. Yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, we we definitely need a new heart. But yeah, uh, well, it's great what you're doing, Pastor Scott. I just think this medium of expression is exactly where we need to be today. Well, let's, let's talk about another yeah. uh, media outreach that you were involved with, and it mm. seems like it rolled almost out of uh, your experiences uh, with the Roxy. Uh, yeah, you had a program on uh, TBN for quite a while called Leon and Friends. And and wasn't that more or less something that that emerged out of, it was like a gathering in your your home in uh, West LA. Yeah, yeah, we had, I had always wanted to live in Bel Air. I mean, it was just one of them, you know, all of musicians, we dream of all the fancy stuff. And so I just, you know, and I, even though I was saved, I still said, if I could get some fancy place, I could get all my friends to come. 
I knew that because yeah. they love fancy. Yeah. Now I could have had some down In LA, here. They love fancy. And they, they love for it. it. <laughs> so I mean, it was a it was a kind of a bear for me to to put together. But it was just at the time. I think it was ninety four. But the market had just dipped, and there they were putting for sale signs out, and, and open home open house sales uh, signs out for people to come and look. I never seen an open house. Say a sign out <laughs> in Bel Air before the Clampett Mansion. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. I never yeah. seen anything like yeah. that. So I, I went to this place, and the lady told me. She said, "Well, they're selling us out, and they did some millions and millions." She said, "Well, you know, but we can work a deal with you. You know, maybe we can do a, a kind of a lease to buy kind of thing." I never heard no lease to buy in <laughs> Bel Air. <laughs> so anyway, but I, so I I did the deal. And uh, the next week on Thursday, I called Philip. I called all everybody, Smokey, everybody. Everybody came to the house. And we started having Bible studies every Thursday. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> at the house. And so that was how Leon and Friends began. So when I went to TBN, I, um, Candy Staten had a show on. And so she just needed a co-host. So she had me come down and fill in a couple of times. And so the, the TBN guys were asking, well, what are you doing now, Leon? I said, well, I'm, you know, we're having these Bible studies. Oh, really? Well, we we, we how how would you like to you know bring them down here and and kind of do something with them? I said, well, yeah, I could. He said, well, what would you call the show? I said, well, they're my friends. I said, let's call it Leonard Friends. There you go. <laughs> so, and then I, I went back to the to the Bible study. I really didn't want to expose them if they weren't ready right. to talk about their faith yet. But every one of them said, this is exactly what we'd love to do. Wow. So they all started coming. So and we'd do like three shows a day. And I think we needed a series. is like 12 or 13. I can't remember. I think maybe it's 13. And so I had to do you know, two or three a day. And uh, so we just take that whole week and we'd go pick up Smokey. We'd go pick up Denise Williams. We'd go pick up some of the Vesta Salones people. Oh, we just bring everybody we could. And they would, we, and we had the show. And wow. it just ended up being one of the top tens at, at TBN. Of course, yeah. Paul Crouch, I don't think he liked it much because he said it was a little too dark in that play. The filming was too dark. <laughs> but, it, but I told him, I said, just like with Pastor Chuck, I said, sometimes we have to do this because Arsenio Hall had just gone off at the time. And so there yeah. was a big hole there. Sure. And so we kind of filled in when people were going across. They go, oh. And, and hey, then look, they stopped. Celebrities. Yeah, they stopped. Wait, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's really been there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so it just it was just, it was good. God yeah. just is... He just knows exactly what to do at the right time. Yeah, I yeah. just I thank him so much for for his timing in my life. Yeah, and, and so you're in this environment. Yes, God's beginning to radically use you in contemporary Christian music. You know, like I yeah. said, if if some schlub like me uh, spinning <laughs> spin the mounds of sounds and stacks of wax for the kids on Saturday night knows all about you, and it's, you know it's, this, it's, you it's, do the show every day. It, this is, yeah, this is nothing. You know, but I do <laughs> playing playing the music and all of this stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, you really had a massive breakthrough. Uh, uh, at one point, according to your bio, you were doing 160 gigs a yes, year. Yes. How in the world did you get through that? And maintain your spiritual and your emotional and your even your your physical health well it was a new thing in those days there was a um machine out called oberheim they had keyboards they had computers and um anybody that had the nerve you could put together this thing and you could do a one-man show and so I just I spent time with it and had all these keyboards and computers and I hooked everything up and and uh, went to Australia the very first one because they're very forgiving in Australia at least in those <laughs> they days they were glad you're there right they were yeah. <laughs> in the eighties they were very forgiving so I I took the whole um, set over there and and performed for them it was just a 
the most fabulous thing. I just absolutely loved that presentation. I think God just finds a way to uh, put you into situations that you sometimes feel a little like th this is above you. Yeah. You know, so you're not capable. Yeah. But you so you know it's him doing it. Sure. And so that was one of those times. And um, but the 160 concerts really beat me up bad. And in those days, you know, because I've been around some a lot of denominations, but um, Jack Hayford just he kind of tapped me on the shoulder, said, you know, Maybe you need to slow down a little bit, man. I'm noticing some things, you know, this you're saying that I think you just need to take some time. And I really did. I took some time off yeah. I from 88 to 90. And I just I just rested. And I was kind of uh, him, Pastor Chuck, uh, John Wimber. I had a bunch of them that I was just trying to get some get back up going right. again because I had really spent so much of my spiritual energies. And so uh, I heard the scripture uh, about foreigners shall rebuild your walls. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, wow, foreigners will rebuild my walls. What does that mean? And so my very first concert in the 90s was in Ukraine. Oh, wow. <laughs> so you, you, you were on the cutting edge, I was my friend. Right, right <laughs> on the, so yeah. we, we were over there. Billy Graham's organization had uh, someone that was going out from, the, from him. And so I just tagged along with them and I was the music for it. And so we stayed there like 30 days the first time. Then we went the next year, stayed another 30 days. We'd bring Bibles and stuff. But it seemed like everybody, you even, I don't know if you, Calvary's did much, but I know all the denominations were sending oh, people huge, over to Ukraine. Yeah, yeah. yeah and so they're, and they, they couldn't even get enough Bibles into each uh, person's house. So the people at the arenas would just tear out their pages and they'd give it to their friends. Oh my goodness. Like that. They just, they knew they needed the Bible. They just had such a hunger for, for Christ. So that really was a rebuilding. And I guess with me, because here in the States, it, we'd got kind of jaded, you know, well, I can turn to this channel. I can see something about the Lord. Okay, I can turn to that channel. Oh, here's another channel I can watch. You know, we have so much variety. Right. Over there, ain't no variety over there. Yeah. We're, we were it. Wow. <laughs> so whatever, whoever came over, they really took it sincerely. Like we were talking before we came on uh, about Africa, there's certain places you got to walk three hours, four hours to get there to the place and then three or four hours back. Right. You know, you can't just flip channels and see who's on. Right. You know, so you really, there's a sincerity that comes out. Yeah. So that rebuilding of my walls happened in the Ukraine and my engineer was glad it happened because he met his wife there. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's yeah. an extra bonus. That was now, an extra bonus now, for, your, for your your ministry career took another turn. Yeah. When you started a church. Yeah. In a very interesting venue. Tell us about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, so within that whole context of uh, foreigners will rebuild your walls, I met my wife. And uh, it's going to actually, we're doing a movie, and it's uh, some parts of it is going to be in this movie. But actually, we met on a cruise, and that was in 94. And so I just thought, man, this was, it was such a great experience for me that I thought, man, if I ever do a church, maybe the church organization, whoever's going to come, will have the same feeling. So we had it on the Queen Mary in Long Beach. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's where we what had a the venue. Church. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was the most fun thing. Everybody thought every Sunday they were going on a cruise. You yeah. Know? So well, and, and you also didn't have to uh, worry about uh, people getting lost or 
directions. Right. right. Just to look for the large <laughs> cruise ship and yeah, that's they, it. <laughs> come up the gangplank. Right. Right. Them. Yeah. So we had we had fun there, but but Pascal, I just my my those uh, pastor shoes, and I really honor you at what you and Pam are doing. It's, it's those are big shoes, buddy. You know, you can't just step in them shoes and say, "Yeah, I'm just gonna." Um, you I'm better a, be. You better. I tell people, you gotta be. You better be called, or you ain't gonna last very long. Not gonna last. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's really what happened to me. I mean, the fact that you guys are doing the show every day, every day. Oh, it's exciting. Come on, man. This is that's a commitment. That's a real commitment. Yeah. And what you do Wednesdays and people are calling you. I'm sick. Of, somebody died. It's you know those are big shoes. Yeah. And I just didn't have the feet big enough for those shoes. But you had so, you had a different kind of a calling, and your calling was more evangelistic. Yes, right? exactly. Uh, you know, one right. of the things uh, that uh, that you, you shared was there was a frustration in pastoral ministry to you because. Yes. People like to come to church, yes, but it they weren't all that interested in sharing with people outside the church. They were not. They and, were not. And, and so, as someone, I think that is called to evangelism, yes, you know, and, and I think we're all called to share our faith. That's yes, what we do yes, in this yes, program. yes. We hopefully, we motivate people to do that. Mm -hmm. But as someone that has that kind of a calling on your life, mm. um, you know, I don't think the Lord was going to let you get comfortable there. Although you yeah. did invest what nine years? Yeah, I lasted. I lasted. That's a that's pretty all good I can say. Lasted. Yeah, because because <laughs> it really was because I just kept feeling the pull to go back out. And it was the hardest thing for me to sit down with the congregation, especially with the board at first, and to share what God had placed in my heart. But I did pass it over to the assistant pastor, and he took it for a season, and then he actually took another venue on, and it continues. But it, it just wasn't, it's just something else God had called me to. So I'm back out here now yeah. doing what he's called me to do. Okay, <laughs> so. So, so let's talk about what God is calling you to do now oh, you know you have this this amazing story uh you know this this legacy is is uh, really one of the founding fathers of contemporary christian music yeah uh you know you've worked in pastoral ministry you've been all around the country you mm -hmm. you avoided the trap of burnout city yeah uh, in yeah. in the contemporary christian entertainment business you've been able to share the gospel mm. with people who are household names you've, yes. you've done all of that but now mm. the Lord has something that he's laid on your heart that you feel as passionate about or even more because it hits kind of close to home, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, you know, okay, so mom and dad had foster kids in the home. So when I left Santana, the first thing I wanted to do was to do what they did. And so I, I hooked up with a lady out of Sacramento, Miriam Gold. She had an organization called Conania Foster Homes. So that's about mid-'80s. And so she retired um, and maybe 10 15 years ago. And so me and Renee said, okay, now what are we going to do for kids? And so Lord said, well, I'm going to send you to Vegas. And there's a whole bunch of kids down there that really need help. Mm. And so we started going down. I just kind of started, you know, from what I understood, which was music. So we started having contests uh, at uh, a dealership. One of the dealerships in town just fell in love. Car dealership. What we were yeah. doing, car yeah. dealership. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's good. You clarified. <laughs> Could have been that other kind of dealer. <laughs> clarified yes, yes. that for the well, camera. We, we endeavor to be precise that's here right. on a reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it was a car dealership. Yeah, yeah. And so, but he had a heart for the Lord as well and uh, and for kids. And so we just started having contests there. Then that's where we started hearing all the stories, uh, suicide and uh, being bullied and all that sort of thing. So I wrote a song called Rise Above the Bullying. 
And so we have a program now that it's called Sing, Save and Inspire the Next Generation. Mm. And that's really what we feel God has called us to do now. And uh, so, of course, we haven't had any suicides in our uh, little group that we have. But, you know, around the peripheral, it's got a lot of issues. And so what I'm doing now, I'm trying to get those kids to go out and spread, you know, a little love to their to their kids, the friends that they're hanging out with. So we're hoping that that will catch on. And in the midst of that, we're going to do a movie that's going to follow. I've met a 14 year old girl in that whole little sing organization thing we have. And we're going to follow her story because she got bullied. And she had a lot of issues, and we're following her up until today. Oh, wow. And so that the, the movie will kind of be wrapped around that. And then uh, also about this guy that came out of rock and roll and, and is doing uh, you know contemporary Christian music and a girl from the Philippines they meet, and she becomes a professional poker player, believe it or not. And so wow. they meet on this cruise ship, yeah. so you wouldn't think they have nothing even to talk about. <laughs> So, but there's a whole nother Cinderella story wrapped around that one. So anyway, it's going to be a great movie. And uh, we're, we're praying now that uh, the Lord will take it to the next level. We have a producer that uh, he was working with uh, a bunch of people right now. Uh, Katie Holmes and uh, Dustin Hoffman, and Kevin Bacon, people like they just did three feature films. And so he's been coaxing me as to what I should do. Wow. And uh, so he said the next thing I needed was a screenwriter. And that, so we finally got her and beautiful lady, a lot of credits, but at the same time, she's got a heart for God because we really want to make this like a altar call movie Yeah. for today, for yeah. 2023. Maybe it won't come out until 24, maybe even 25, but uh, we'll, we'll do something that will kind of wrap around uh, bullying and getting kids to have a little bit more esteem. And I'm not just talking to the bullies, uh, are the people that have been bullied, but also to the bully himself. So the movie's kind of split up into two kind of parts like that. Wow. So it, because we never, we hardly ever talk to the bully. We always, just the, mm. the victims are the ones we want to throw our arms around. So Yeah, and it's so interesting these days that that subject gets talked about a lot, gets discussed a lot, but all yes. you really hear is, oh, it's a huge problem. Yes, Oh, right. a lot of people are being really hurt by that, but nobody yeah. seems to have any answers for it. Yes, in your, yes. In, in the the S-I-N-G ministry. Mm -hmm. um, how do you come alongside kids in that set of circumstance and, and give them hope? Well, what we've done with these kids, we have just got them to kind of more or less work on themselves because these are all secular kids. And of course, we're trying to get them saved, but you can't just come, bam, you know, saved like that. So you have to kind of sneak up on them a little bit. <laughs> so, <laughs> you learn so, something from Carlos, right? <laughs> yeah, so and, and it, because we, it's a longevity, I have some time with them. So uh, it, so we're, I'm getting them to kind of work on themselves. We had one girl. She was really in bad shape. Oh, my God. But she had also a, um, a kind of a, a weight issue. She just she kept getting teased all the time. And so the part of the song I wrote for her made her go home and start working on herself a little bit. And next thing I know, she's lost 70 pounds. Oh, my goodness. And uh, those same guys that was bullying her and beating up trying to get her on a date. I said, no. <laughs> you can't. You can't. You can't start hitting yeah. now. You yeah. said <laughs> loved up yeah. on her back yeah. then. Yeah, that 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 bridge done been burned. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. so anyway, but you know, just little little things like that. And then with the with the guys that are or girls that are being bullies, um, we always talk about how why would you beat somebody up for free? You know, you could get in the ring like Pacquiao or Mayweather. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you could be somebody get paid, you yeah. know, because you can work out a lot of frustration or go in the military. There's things you can do. That energy is good. It just needs to be redirected. Right. So that's what we do with them. And that's a short 
uh, overview of it. But but it's really it's working with these kids, and so the movie is going to do the same thing. The movie is going to point out all these things, so the kids will have something to wrap themselves around as a, as an image. Wow, that's that's fantastic. Yeah. Now. Along with that, uh, you've put together a book. It almost sounds yeah. like a version of your Earth, Wind, and Fire Bible study almost. Yeah. Tell us about the book. Yeah. Well, uh, Hidden Treasures in Your Field. I, I have always I've always known that there's something a little bit under the carpet. It seems like every time you read a scripture, I don't know if this happens with you because you guys are all very learned in this place. But uh, sometimes when you're reading a scripture, you go, Man, is you read it the second time, you go, Wow, I didn't see that before. And you read it a third time and go, man, look at that. So anyway, so I'm trying to help point out different things. And I'm taking the book of Luke. Uh, it just He seems to me uh, closest uh, to my heart as far as the gospel. So I, I just, I really love Luke. So yeah. anyway, I just kind of have taken the first chapter. It's kind of like a Bible study, but it's more or less me giving my memoirs. It's kind of that things that I saw God do with me, you know, like uh, bearing past the bearing years, you know, right. kind of like what happened to Liz and, and Zach. So yeah. uh, they, they just, you know, you would think at that stage that they would even have a baby. Right. They both said there's no way we're going to have a baby, but they were able to bear beyond bearing years. You know, so it kind of, for me, that's what I, where a lot of people are stuck. They think, I'm this age, I've already done this, I can't do it anymore. It's just like what you just said about me. I just believe you still have something in you that God wants to use. As long as you're breathing, you know God can still use you to do some great things. So anyway, I just take, so I just give that little illustration from Zach and Liz. So Yeah. yeah. Now, <clears throat> as a person that is, in a sense, on the cutting line, cutting edge mm -hmm. of of having seen these different moves of God in the past. Mm -hmm. uh, you were you saw the after effects of the Jesus movement. Yes. You saw the Lord seem like He did a really profound move, even among the uh, the Hollywood celebrities and the people in the recording yes. uh, industry during your life. Mm -hmm. You saw contemporary Christian music, even uh, in the genre of soul and funk, yes. uh, begin to take off and really impact people. Yeah, um, a lot of people talking about revival. These yes, days. yes, they are. A lot, the they Asbury are. thing and, yes. and uh, the things happening on uh, college campuses. Yeah, do you see something similar here, or what's your take on things? What, what do you okay. think the Lord's up to? I okay, so I all of us have our and you're a great interviewer, by the way. I mean, great pastor, but a great interview. I can tell this is not just something you just woke up this morning and said, Okay, I think I'm gonna try. <laughs> you got you really, it's, it's an engaging. I bet you people are going to be telling you this is very engaging what you do, but anyway, well, you make it so, easy, so uh, yeah, 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 right. <laughs> I, I have long thought that the body of Christ, and this is only because we get a chance to travel and go into so many different denominations, and I've done Episcopalian churches and Presbyterian churches, Catholic churches. I've been in so many, it's seven-day Adventists, believe it or not. I've been in a lot, and I just, I feel that we want to go do something, but we're sitting, we're sitting and waiting for something to come through. Then we'll follow it. But what Pastor Chuck did, what Lonnie did, and what Greg did, they went, they they were out in the beach. Yeah. They were down at the sand. They went and got those people. Right. And brought them to church. And we're waiting for them to come. This program is a fish hook. This is what you're doing right now. That's what this that's why I keep saying this is the new tent. You guys are fish hooking. And you just never know what 
who's going to grab on to just, again, just doing something on a computer. And, oh, there he is. Oh, I like that guy. I'm going to see him tomorrow. Mm. You know, I have a doctor, Jewish doctor, that used to watch, uh, this is going to probably sound weird, but he'd like, he'd like Dr. Shuler. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't go to the temple. But yeah. he'd like, every Sunday he's watching, and by the end of his life he got saved. So it's weird. You just never know this program could be a, a fish hook. Yeah, and, and a lot of people would say about a ministry like that, mm -hmm. oh, you know, this guy is, uh, you know, I mean, doctrinally he's off and he's not really sticking to the bible and yeah and, and you get the, yeah. the, the critics and all of this stuff yeah you know and, and we could think of some other uh high profile people uh, that we could course. mention that get the same kind of deal. yes yes but, uh, but one some of the, people one of the things that really hits me is yeah. and and i think it 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 really bears with the, the point that you're making mm -hmm. is uh you know uh, one of my wife's best friends never darked the door of a church mm. but she watches one of those guys see and i look at that you know, it, it's like uh, I come from uh, a, a family background of alcoholism. Mm, and a lot of mm. people, and I remember this is hugely controversial in Calvary Chapel circles about AA. You know, yes. and, well, you know, it's God as you understand him. And well, you know why? And I said, okay, well, let's get beyond that. Who doesn't yeah. worship God the way they understand him? Yeah. I mean, yeah. we want him to understand him through scripture. Yes. We, yes. We're not going to compromise on that. Yes. Yeah, but, of course. But boy, great pre evangelism. Yes. When people come to an AA group and they mm -hmm. realize that their life is unmanageable. Yes. That uh, they they're the only hope they have mm -hmm. is to put their their faith in God. Uh, yes. And ask God to uh, basically save them. Come mm -hmm. to that point of mm -hmm. realizing really that they need saving. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I'll sometimes go through uh, the twelve steps of people, and I said, "All right, let's yeah. let's define God as you understand him as the God of the Bible." Yeah. Okay. Let's yeah. get that out of the way. Yeah. yeah. But after that. You tell me where this ceases to be biblical. Mm -hmm. And I have known so many people who would never go to church, mm -hmm. got saved through an AA meeting. Mm -hmm. And like you say, people will, you know, yeah. watch Robert Schuler. Yeah. And, you know, Let's sooner or later, someone weaves in a scripture. <laughs> That's all the time we have for today. Hey, thank okay. you so much for thank joining you. us. We'll be here at the same place, same time. Uh, time flies when you're having a Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> One question with the heart at a time. Until we meet again, we would love to connect with you. You can text or email your questions to questionsforhope at gmail.com. You can also find out more about our ministry at calvarychristianfellowship.com. And be sure to join us next time on A Reason for Hope. A Reason for Hope is an outreach ministry of Calvary Christian Fellowship in Tucson, Arizona.